Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 31 of Revelation chapter 14. And we're continuing to look into verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And we've been looking at the word patience, the Greek word that um, this English word patience is, um, tra- is translating. And we've seen that the Greek word is a compound word that has uh, the word uh, hupo. It's hupo mone. Hupo is Strong's 5259, and it means under. And mone is Strong's 3306, and it means to abide, to endure, to continue. And together, it means to continue under. Now, we, we saw that the word mone 3306 in Strong's Concordance by itself is often used to indicate a continuing or abiding in the doctrine of Christ. In John 831, if ye continue, that's the word, in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. In Second John 9, whosoever abideth not in the doctrine of Christ has not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. And the word abideth is that word mone. And we we um, didn't go here, but let, I don't think. Let, let's turn to John 15. And this particular word, mone, is used often. And I'll start reading in verse 4 of John chapter 15. Abide in me. Now, wherever we read the word abide, it's going to be um, Monet 3306. And, and keep in mind, that could be understood as continue. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, continue in you, like John 8.31, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you, and and then it continues, um, and, and that same word is used a few more times. But notice that Jesus is emphasizing continuing in him. He is the word made flesh, continuing in my word, abiding, remaining, enduring in the word of God. And as it says in verse 6, if a man 
continue not in me. He is cast forth as a branch and is withered. Men gather them and cast them into the fire. Now that reminds us of what God uh, has planned for Judgment Day. Remember in that that parable of the wheat and the tares. The angels or messengers go forth and gather the tares and throw them into the fire. And I think this is a, a helpful bit of information that God says men gather them because he does speak of his people, the true believers, as the reapers. And he is the one doing the reaping in the day of judgment. And and speaking of that, let, let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And in 1 Corinthians 3, um, the Lord gives us a very interesting passage concerning putting the fire to gold, silver, precious stones, and wood, hay, stubble to see which endures. And and that which endures, of course, would be the gold, silver, precious stones, and they would represent the elect that are built upon the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. That which is burned up, wood, hay, stubble, does not endure the fire, does not continue, and and they are those that profess to be believers but in actuality or not, they were never saved. So it says in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And then in verse 14, If any man's work abide or continue, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, which would mean he would not abide or continue therein, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now, th- this is very interesting because we can see how God has arranged a severe test to be applied in order to see who will continue or abide in his word in the day of judgment. And who will not abide his word? They will be the ones that are that are burned. Um, we see or have seen that this word has everything to do with abiding in the doctrine of Christ. Uh, hupo mone, excuse me. And, and it means to continue under. The word we, we just read in 1 Corinthians 3 is mone by itself, which means to continue or abide. The word patience, the word patience in Revelation 14:12 and let me read that verse again. Here is the patience of the saints. That Greek word translated as patience is hupomone, abiding under or continuing under. And and of course we ask continuing under what? And uh, the obvious answer is the word of God the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
here in the time of judgment, God is saying, through the placement of that scripture in Revelation 14, in the midst of detailed examination and discussion of the pouring out of his wrath, here is the ones that are continuing under. Here is the continuing under of the saints, the elect people of God, because they will go on. They will not turn back as Lot's wife. They will not um, look behind them. They will not leave the doctrines that God has opened up to them, that the Bible itself proves and confirms. God's people never do that kind of a thing. Why would we want to leave doctrine that God has revealed to us through his methodology of comparing Scripture with Scripture. Now, for others that are not God's people, maybe that's not a big deal to just say, oh, uh, I, I want no more to do with the biblical calendar of history. Well, yes, but but that's a biblical calendar. Why would you not want anything to do with it? Or, I want nothing further to do with time pass. But again, that that's from the Bible. We read of yet seven days, God's speaking to Noah. And in Second Peter 3, in the context of the flood and the end of the world, the statement is made, a thousand years for a day and a day for a thousand years or something similar to that. And, and so forth. Why leave that? Why toss that aside? Why not continue to study that? You know, um, some people take too much upon themselves. They place themselves as holier than God. And they say, oh, you're not to read that. You're not to um, look into those matters or into those scriptures dealing with the end of the world. That's not for us. Well, let's let God say what's for us. He says that the things that he reveals are for us. And if God has kindly and graciously opened up his word at the time of the end and revealed much truth concerning the times and seasons, which includes dates for the Great Tribulation and Judgment Day, well, then we're thankful. We we praise God. We thank God. We're, uh, we're blessed that God has revealed this information to us. And who is man? Who is the church? Who are they that dare say, oh, don't you look into that? When God says, let me turn to Second Peter 3. Second Peter 3, in the context of Judgment Day, verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? Now how... Are you and I and anyone going to look for 
and haste unto the coming of the day of God. Do we wake up each day and look up at the sky and, and, and we're looking for Christ? Are you coming yet, Lord? And, or at night, do we look up at the heavens and the stars and, and we're looking for some sort of flash of the coming of the Lord? And are you coming tonight, Lord? Well, there's nothing wrong with thinking, are you coming, Lord? But there is something wrong with looking into the physical sky, into the physical heaven, out into the creation, as though God would reveal himself that way. God reveals himself on the pages of the Bible. And we are to look for, looking for, and hasting unto the coming of the day of God in the Bible, on the pages of Scripture. This word, looking, is the same word that's found in Acts 28. Acts 28, in um, the case of the shipwreck in the previous chapter, and all on board made it safely to land on the island of Malta. And the Apostle Paul had gathered some sticks and, and laid them on the fire, and a viper came out of the heat and fastened on his hand. Now it says in Acts 28, verse 4, And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, though he has escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Now the word looking is the same word translated as looked in that verse of Acts 28, where these natives are uh, looking at the Apostle Paul, because they're very familiar with, with that beast. They know how when it strikes a person, it kills them quickly, and they're waiting for him to die. It shouldn't be long, so they're, they're just staring and waiting with expectation, looking very intently. And, and the longer that it goes on without Paul falling over, dead, the more they're looking at him. The more focused is their gaze. The more intense is their looking at his his body to, to look for signs and indicators of his impending death. And yet they don't see anything after looking a great while. That's the word that God uses in Second Peter 3 of his people at not doing something ungodly in looking. Second Peter 3.11 says, What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for, looking intently, not up in the sky, in the physical realm, but in the Bible. That's where God's people are to look, and that's where God's people do look. I'm sorry 
if it offends you or anyone, if you are of the mind that, well, no man knows the day or hour, and if you happen to fall for that church doctrine that theologians have taught, and it really is not a faithful teaching of the Bible, there's many indications in the Bible, many passages, where God reveals his secret unto his servants, the prophets, and especially related to time and judgment. And, and uh, well, we won't go through all the many scriptures that prove and support that teaching. But I am sorry if you think that's a fault, if you think that's an error, and you yourself have determined you're not going to look anymore. Well, very well. That's your personal uh, mindset, and, and you're the one who will have to answer to God for that. But God's people are given the privilege and the honor of God. Remember what God said in Proverbs? In um, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. And, and the word thing and matter is the Hebrew word devar, which is also translated as word. It is the glory of God to conceal a word, but the honor of kings to search out a word. And God has hidden information concerning the end of the world, and it is God's people's honor. It is a great privilege and blessing that the Lord has given us to search the scriptures and and to find truth in this area that men were never able to find truth before in past generations because it had been sealed up by God. But in the time of the end, knowledge increased, and now we do find truth, and we find much information. And this is all part of what the Lord is telling us in Revelation 14. Here is the patience or the abiding under of the saints as they search the Bible at a time when God is opening the scriptures to reveal wonderful, glorious truth concerning annihilation, concerning Christ slain from the foundation of the world, concerning the end of the church age, or concerning the faith of Christ as he gets all the glory in the matter of salvation, or concerning the appointed day that judgment began on the world, or concerning the nature of that judgment being a spiritual judgment. All these things and many more that um, God has opened up through the the way that, that God himself has designed to teach his people by comparing here a little and there a little, and and precept upon precept, scripture with scripture. And through that way, God, the Holy Spirit, has taught his people these doctrines. And the people of God abide under. We hear his voice, we acknowledge these things are the doctrine of Christ, and we want to adhere to them. We want to hold to them steadfastly until 
they are proven incorrect. Not until um, somebody just dismisses them with a, a wave of their hand, not, not because the world has no interest. That doesn't move the child of God away from the t- sound teaching of the scripture. Not because the, the church doesn't care for them. Well, that has no effect, no impact upon the child of God, especially in the time when the church age is over and God is finished with the church. Why should we follow the church's position on this when the same church has proven itself in error on so many positions and and has shown itself to be apostate and fallen away from the truth? It's not a convincing thing at all. When that particular church that is under the judgment of God comes together in agreement to to say, well, we all agree, Methodists and Episcopalian and, and Presbyterian and Lutheran and Catholic and Independent and so forth, we all agree, no man knows a day or hour. Now, come under our declaration. You abide under our teaching that no man knows. And a child of God says, well, I'm, I'm sorry. It's very curious that finally on something you all agree, but that doesn't give me any confidence. That actually makes me much more skeptical because how is it that you do all agree? On this one thing, and you agree on nothing else. It it seems I can't think of anything else that they all agree on, and we do not bring ourselves under the church's decree, the church's teaching or doctrine. We don't bring ourselves under what they believe. We bring ourselves under what the Word of God declares, what God teaches, and if that happens to differ from the church or differ from the world, well, again, we don't want to be an offense for ourselves. We don't want to offend you in, in, in anything we do. Yet, if the word of God is the offense, then so be it. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.